Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Deep down the left field line. Right at bat for Hernandez. That's a three run bomb into the second deck. All right. Well, Judd's prophetic beyond the score video from Target Field. <laughs> Grainy's a Bruder film like video that I did yes. outside Target Field. Dirty lens video on Craig Kimbrell uh, <laughs> couldn't have been timed more perfectly for what happened last night. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami, I think uh, he, we determined he came down with whatever you had a few weeks ago and whatever I got on Friday. I'm blaming you. The show early. I'm blaming you. Stay out of my room over here, guys. Yeah. I don't want any of that. <laughs> Friday as soon as I get it, then my kid gets it, then my wife gets it, and then I get it again. And... Oh, your kid will just get, yeah. get you sick. Don't worry about it. He hasn't yet. It's like Doogie. He hasn't yet. That poor guy is constantly sick because of his two children. And now I'm who sitting are... in the chair that he yep. was in. That's Petri good. dishes of something. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll go. Away from me. We'll go into deep detail about how bad this illness was for me on Friday night, maybe later in the show. Really interesting. Yeah. But I think, all right, let's let's have a little state of the twins address to start the show here. Roy Smalley is going to join us to continue this in 20 minutes or so. The twins have a lot of things going for them right now. A weak division among them and an Indians team that has a lot of its own problems. Their lineup is magnificent so far, and it doesn't look like a fluke. Their starting pitching has been really good. Michael Pineda has been trustworthy, and Jose Barrios has been everything uh, we thought he would be. And some of their bullpen has been really good. Trevor May and uh, uh, Hildenberger's been really good. I, I would argue that Blake Parker, for what they wanted out of him, has been fine. And uh, Ryan Harper's breaking ball is ridiculous, as we saw last night. But that's a game last night that I know it's one game, and I don't want to overreact to one game, but it felt kind of like a microcosm of what's to come if they don't if they don't look at what they have with the bullpen and assess trade and signing options. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and and uh to backtrack on the guys that they've got coming out of the bullpen, Blake Parker I think is okay, but he scares me and and I think he's being Here's my issue with with the problems in the bullpen right now. I feel like not everybody, but too many people are being asked to do things that they're probably not capable of doing mm-hmm. because they don't have that guy. So, so a guy like May or, or a guy like Parker is being asked to do a little bit too much, where if you gave them a Kimbrel piece of the puzzle, 
everyone would slot in nicely and somebody would go. And by the way, that would be just fine. Um, but my, my realization, and I did not have this on opening day and I certainly didn't have this back into March. The realization is that, is that now there's almost a secondary window open here. Like I, I saw this team building and I think that there's a plan in place here. And, and we've talked about this, Phil. I think we both like it, but unlike you and Rami, I said to myself, okay, let's wait and see. Well, we're 13 games in now, and I'm saying to myself, pounce. You can pounce right now. And and yes, you could wait it out and hope that the bullpen writes itself. You could say, we're going to wait till June or July and make a trade. Mm-hmm. And my response to you is, this division's not good, so grab it now. Yeah. Like, don't forfeit wins by being stubborn. So what would the—I know there's always trade options out there, but— Craig Kimbrell is the elephant in the room option sitting out there, right? And so yes. I'd, I'd love, because I was only on for the Tiger Woods celebration yesterday, and uh, I, w- I would love to. Your victory lap was impressive, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> it, it felt really good. It did. Um, I'd love to just go down this path with you because uh, I, I almost feel the need to clarify my stance on macro versus micro, in part because I know that it's just a small segment of the audience. I got into a back and forth with some Twins fans on Twitter. Shocking. I know. I know. And people saying, well, wait a second, because I put out the Craig Kimbrell bat signal tweet last night. Yeah, I saw it. I mean, like, just having fun. But no, seriously, like, I would I would consider for sure bringing in Craig Kimbrell if he wasn't asking for ludicrous demands. But I'm guessing because 30 teams have passed on him, his demands have not come down far enough. And the, and the main response back to the tweet was, well, aren't you the one that rags on fans for wanting the Twins to spend more money? There's a macro and a micro here. I understand why the Twins are always 15th to 25th in payroll because of market, because of revenues, because of all those things, right? Mm-hmm. I would still spend 15 to $20 million a year on a Craig Kimbrell. I would be worried if he hasn't gone through spring training and he's, is he just going to dust it off and come in and be lights out starting on May 1st or May 15th? Mm-hmm. Probably not because we saw what happened with Lance Lynn and some of these other relievers that sat out spring trainings in years past, they don't just come in and flip the switch and they're throwing 99 and getting everybody out. So I would be concerned that you've already wasted a year by missing spring training. I would be concerned that he doesn't want to pitch anywhere other than the ninth. And now I'm paying a guy 15 or $20 million a year in, in three run lead situations against the eighth hitter in the order. And that's not a real valuable use of 15 or $20 million. But if it was a one at this point, if it was a one year make good contract or a short term contract, like the next year and a half, I don't know why you wouldn't rush to the table to sign that contract with Kimbrell, but I would love to know why is he still out there? It's the easy answer for Twins fans, I think, who, who hate the Polat ownership group is, well, they're just cheap and they won't sign him. Well, what's the explanation for the other 29 teams? Right. Why hasn't he signed well, with anyone? Yet? And I'm curious if something is wrong because the playoffs certainly did not go well. World Series was really bad. So my question is, is there something that we're not being told about him that's just flat out wrong? And there might be. I don't know. But I do know this. You've got an opportunity right now to sign him way more on your terms than his. If it was five years, I'm out. No way. I don't do it. Three years, $45 million is a healthy investment, but it's a non-cap league. And again, you've got an opportunity in a market that's starved for teams to be doing well. You've got an opportunity, and, and you're not drawing right now. And as summer nears, you'll get more people. But I don't feel a ton of excitement yet. You've got an opportunity to send a message to your clubhouse and your fan base saying, you know what, we're in. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it's I think it's a it's an opportunity that if if things are as we think they are right now and the contract is what we think it would be, I think it's an opportunity worth taking. So what cuz I guarantee every team in baseball is going through the list of okay, what's the worst that can happen? Cuz there's there's teams like the Twins and there's other teams that are looking around saying, well, maybe we weren't in the mix for Craig Kimbrell back in January or December, but he's still sitting out there, and here we are with a chance to make a push or whatever your circumstances. What is the worst that can happen if you give that dude $60 million over three years and just say, bleep it? Let's just just give him, and maybe, here's here's the thing we don't know. If you offered him, maybe, maybe a bunch of teams have offered him $60 million over three years, and he has said no to all of them, and that's why he's still sitting out there. Sure. We don't know. But the, but to me, the worst thing that could happen is he's terrible this year because he had no spring training and he would be coming in without facing live hitting. Like you could send him on a minor league rehab stint, but he will have not faced major league hitting since back in the playoffs. Uh, also worth noting, he was terrible in terms of co- command and control for large chunks of last year and the postseason. And the World Series, yeah. That, and and that, does, plank. that does concern me. Yep. And probably is due for a Tommy John surgery at some point. Like, what if that happens? Let's say you just... he He's terrible... Tommy John surgery in the offseason, so you waste a year, and now he's out for next year, and now you've burned $40 million out of the $60 million. Does that cripple you as a franchise? And my, I don't think it does. And my answer is no, it does not. A five-year contract does. A five-year contract will stop you from signing other people who can help you as you progress towards where you ultimately want your ball club to be. So yeah. I understand that. But the worst case is he's not that good. But I think the question is, Given what you have right now and, and where where your club is and the fact that you are going to continue to hit, this club can flat out hit, does the addition of Kimbrell from what, what we've seen through 13 games so far give you, in your mind, a better chance to be competitive? I think the answer is definitely yes. Yeah, well, if he's obviously if he's the Craig Kimbrell that – this is what everyone's weighing, though. If he's the Craig Kimbrell that we've seen for much of the last 10 years, there's a bunch of teams that would line up to give him – Let's say he's 85% of that. I think he, I think teams are trying to weigh. Is he fifty percent of that? I think teams are trying to weigh. If he's eighty five percent, I'm in. If he's a hundred percent, I'm all in. Yep. But I think what's happening here, and it's also why you're seeing a lot of these young players sign these multi year contract extensions as twenty three year olds when maybe they wouldn't have in previous years. Teams are so fixated on the age between thirty and thirty two and the drop off the players have. And for a long time, teams ignored those drop-offs or said, whatever, like, we'll pay for a guy far beyond his prime and we'll just deal with the bad contract years. And I don't think there's many front offices at all that are even entertaining those type of deals anymore. And my guess is you've got Craig Kimbrell wanting to be paid based on his past five years of performance. Yep. And teams are saying, hey, we love the last five years of Craig Kimbrell. We're a little nervous about how bad you were in the postseason and based on your age, we don't think you're going to be nearly that good this year, next year, the year after. Therefore, like there's a gap in, in in comp. And if I'm the Twins, I have to figure out: Do I just say bleep it to all but of you're, that? But you're really not. You're if you give him four or five years, then then I, I think you you are saying bleep it and taking a dangerous step. My point is, he signs on my terms, like three three years. 45 mil should get him. I think it's incredibly fair, but if it washes out and doesn't work, I'm not crippled here. So, so 
I think the bleep it move that comes back to bite you right in the ass is five years, a hundred million, and my God, he's a shell of himself and needs yeah. surgery, and and then and then I'm out. That's fine, but he hasn't signed yet. He's sitting there. the The report from Rosenthal on on Saturday or Sunday is he's looking for something between three years, uh, fifty two million and what Zach Britton got, which is three years, 39. Okay. Three years, 45. So he's looking for like 15 million. So let's say he's looking at, yeah, seems incredibly fair. And, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But again, in the business climate, the market that we're in, in this town right now, sports wise, if you're the twins, I think you should be invested in saying, let's grab people's attention. Let's sell some tickets here. If Craig Kimbrell signs tonight and is here in, let's say, a month, yeah. people are going to be like, they're serious about trying to win. Also, you know, there's a lot of, because Craig Kimbrell is in that top echelon group of relievers the last 20 or 30 years. And if you start to compare his timeline the next few years, so ages 31, 32, so like 30 to 32 or 31 to 33, to some of his contemporaries, some of the top relief pitcher closer types in baseball, and I get that it's not totally apples to apples, but like go back the last 20 years, and there's a lot of dudes who didn't flame out until they were 35, 36. 30 to 32 for a guy who's been that good for that long isn't nearly as risky as you would think. Mm-hmm. And I just, man, I I need to know what has he turned down? You know, what 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 is he, is it, is he looking at a three-year, $45 million contract? Which, by the way, there was a report that the Twins offered him three years and $45 million and that they were very active in the discussions, and he just flat out said no. And at, at that time, point. that didn't surprise you. Yep. So, like, to me, three years and $45 million is a perfectly reasonable, if not even above and beyond, uh, contract for a guy who has a lot of red flags. Right. And... I don't think there's any way the longer he sits out, the higher his value goes. So he's either going to sit out the year and kick and stomp and pout, or he's going to have to settle for a one-year make good or a lesser contract than he wants. And all of those things you'd think would play into the Twins' hands not wanting to shell out a crippling contract to somebody. Which brings us to this MLB.com. J.P. Morosi reported early this morning that Kimbrell is moving closer, in quotations, to a decision on where he'll sign his next contract. One source told Morosi on Monday, but the situation remains sufficiently fluid and that there is no clear favorite to sign the seven-time All-Star closer. The Brewers are among the teams, but uh, Jeremy Jeffers evidently is rehabbing, and if the Brewers feel that Jeffers is going to come back, they probably won't make this move. But that's my point. If you're the Twins, just make the move. Yeah. So uh, very, very interesting because that game last night, I know that Craig Kimbrell could have blown that game last night, and it, just, it ha- you're going to blow games throughout 162 uh, game season. But that just felt so unnecessary, didn't it? You're up 3 to 1 yes. and And by the way, you got a really good start. Oh yeah. You got a really nice start. Yeah. Um 651-646-8255. We got Jeff in Minneapolis here who's got some. All right, Craig Kimbrell, are you in or out at this point on Craig Kimbrell, Jeff? I would be in for 3 years. $15 million a year, so 45 maybe. Pushing it, I agree with you, Phil, that pushing it to 20 makes me just a little nervous because that's a lot of money to pay a guy every year for only one inning per game, roughly. But they are very important innings, so don't want to dismiss that. I have an alternative theory that I wanted to run by. So 
Um, the Kimbrel talk is very interesting, but also Keuchel is still out there, I believe. And from the reports I've heard is that he's considering a one-year option. So that would be sort of like uh, Lance Lynn, which I know isn't a great example to bring up, but just as a kind of a comparison, if they signed him, they could maybe then move one of their starters to the bullpen like Perez, and maybe that would improve the bullpen. What are your guys' thoughts on that? So Keuchel doesn't do nearly as much for me as Craig Kimbrell because Keuchel has had some real ups and downs the last few years, and he's very much a sort of a relic of a pitch-to-contact era. It still has worked for him a lot, but he's very reliant on getting weak contact and making sure that his fielders are creating the outs behind him. Yep, And that makes me a little nervous for a guy that hasn't gone through spring training. I keep going back to the spring training thing. If these guys are on the market in January, February... Cool, I'm in on Dallas Keuchel. But you you can't just, as a pitcher, you can't just roll out of bed and face Mike Trout. We saw you that last year, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't work. I, I also think that I'm becoming more and more convinced as we watch pitching that, that we need to start to get away from, from calling guys starters because I feel like, like it's basically now your pitching personnel and they're all very much connected. And so... I guess, again, to compare it to a puzzle, if I'm looking to fill in the pieces to the Twins puzzle, the guys who do start the games don't bother me as much or scare me as much. What scares me is the connection of guys that you begin to bring in. And this goes to my point of, I feel like that collection, you're asking a little bit too much of them. Uh, Some of them are very capable of playing roles, but the roles that you're asking them to play now don't necessarily consistently work. Yeah. But this whole this whole thing of well, Brios is going to go out there and throw a complete game today. That's gone. He's connected to guys who are going to come in and, and replace him. And on Sunday, what you almost saw was a magnificent Brios start get overshadowed by the bullpen's collapse. And that's going to be that's going to be the consistent theme. And you can't have your ace go out there and pitch you know five solid in- innings, give you a really good game of work. And then have three guys come in and absolutely collapse behind him. Yeah. So, like, was last night the first time this season where you were just kind of like, on behalf of the Twins, it just kind of felt like, oh, man, that was not Sunday, a necessary loss. Sunday bothered me because because that that's a bad Detroit team. And Barrios did not, not have his best stuff. And he was still dominant at times. And... When Sunday's game started to go south, I thought to myself, because there are some components that come in. There are relievers that come in who are pretty good. Yeah. But then you're asking other guys to do things, and it's like, oh, boy, that's tough. Yeah. And, you know, just one one last thing. We're going to get to Roy Smalley here. But the it's pretty obvious to me that Craig Kimbrell, part of the hangup here is teams will pay him 15 or 20 million if they can use him in the highest leverage situations. I can almost promise you that's a hang up behind the scenes with Craig Kimbrell. That's interesting, yeah. Cuz Kimbrell is a classic closer. Three, he's 333 saves. Yep, yeah, like, you're right. he's one of the last remaining classic closers in Major League Baseball. There's not a, there's maybe 5 of these guys, maybe 10. I'd have to go look through a list. But even some of the ones that used to be, Wade Davis has been used as a firefighter. It's if you're going to pay a premium dollar for a closer, you want to be able to use him in the premium situations. And if he's telling teams, including the Twins, ah, I'm not going to pitch in the seventh. I'm a ninth inning guy. And the Twins are like, well, if we're going to pay you top dollar, we want to use you when the game's on the line in a tie game in the seventh and not wait for a three run lead in the ninth. Uh, sure. If he's saying no to that, 
You have to you have to either but decide to swallow hard and just put a lockdown guy in the ninth and use the rest of our bullpen. But would you sit out a year and forfeit a year's pay to be that stubborn? I wouldn't. No, but I mean, I wouldn't. It, 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 no. at some point in time, at some point in time, doesn't your family or agent or everybody yeah. tell you, Craig, listen, man, the game's the game of baseball has just changed. Yeah. Like accept it, but they are still offering you a boatload of money. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the twins are going to have to decide if, this, if I'm right on this, if he just wants to pitch in the ninth and that's what it takes to get him over here and you have to pay him 15, $20 million or whatever it is. Do you just say bleep it overpay for that ninth inning guy? So that you can use Taylor Rogers and right. Trevor May and Trevor Hildenberger right. as firefighters in the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings. And how confident, if they don't do something like that soon, are you that this is just going to correct itself? Because I'm just not. It's not likely to just correct itself. Now, if you bring in a Craig Kimbrell and he's not good and it's a multi-year contract, um, it's the problem is going to get worse. Obviously, because you have to run him out there. You're paying him, and you're just going to keep running him out there until he fixes himself. And if right. he doesn't, then you're you're sunk anyways. So let's get Roy Smalley's thoughts on all of this and other twins related items. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami, uh, Rami has whatever Rami's I had on Friday. He's ill. It's not good. He's a healthy shirt or he's a hurt scratch. But before we do anything, I want to do about my friends at, at Serta Pro Painters. You know, bullpen problems in baseball, right? Hockey problems in St. Paul. Basketball problems downtown. I could go on and on about things that frustrate me among the local teams. But you know what doesn't frustrate me? Frustrate me, Serta Pro Painters, because those folks are true professionals. They get the job done. You know what they get every day? They get the save because they come in and they save your house from looking not so good. I had two rooms recently done, the guest room and the bath. The wife and I are thrilled, and two words come to mind. And again, this goes to the save. This goes to professional, Serta Pro Painters. And those two words are professional and thorough. And now it's your turn to contact Serta Pro Painters and feel the same satisfaction that we did. Perhaps it's a room or two that have to be painted inside like we had, or exterior work done on your house this spring or summer. Because, yes, I guarantee you, summer's coming. It's going to get nice out. It helps that each Serta Pro Painters business independently owned and operated. So right here in your community, I urge you to schedule your free estimate online at SertaPro.com, the SertaPro.com, or by calling 800 go serta again 800 go serta find for your out for yourself the type of quality that you get from serta pro painters again get your free estimate online certapro.com or by calling 800 go serta that is serta with a c serta pro painters we like to say that we do painting and you do life. Hey everyone, it's Matthew Collar. All of our Vikings coverage used to be on 1500 ESPN.com. Well, now you can find it at the all new scorenorth.com. That is S K O R North.com. That's where you'll find everything from Judd Zolgad's blazing hot takes to Sage Rosenfels' analysis on the Purple Podcast, my coverage on a daily basis of the Vikings, free agency, draft scenarios, interviews with football insiders, everything you want. Purple Daily, the Purple Podcast. Vikings vet line. It is all at scorenorth.com. And Roy Smalley's segment is presented by Doug's Power Equipment in Blaine. Boys? All right. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North. It's Roy Smalley insight time. Roy Smalley from Fox Sports North World Series winner. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to throw this out. You might, you might think that this is hot takey or this is ridiculous, but Judd and I are in lockstep. If Craig Kimbrell wants to pitch for the Twins and it no longer costs an arm and a leg, we're uh, we're open for business here, Roy. What's what's your current <laughs> state of the bullpen address and would you would you call Craig Kimbrell and consu- and and uh, open up serious discussions? 
I would. I, I, I uh, uh, have been saying all off season that he's the guy that uh, if they were going to spend money, he's the guy that I would want uh, to see it immediately. Well, not immediately because he's not in shape, and who knows whether it would be another uh, Lance Lynn kind of uh, deal, you know, without spring training and he's uh, mad about the you know the contract and and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, I, I think there are some other variables now that have entered in but he was a guy that i that i've wanted on that club i think it immediately makes the bullpen excellent um, not so immediately as i said because he's got to get in shape but here it's it's all about the it's all about the length of time and the and how much money i mean at some at some level he's worth it at other levels you know you have to look at uh, the five-year plan and say if i got to spend 80 million bucks uh, a year for for five years on on this guy. Uh, what does that What does that mean that I can't spend eighty million dollars a year on elsewhere? And and as I look at who I've got coming up and who I might be able to get at some point in time, I mean, I'd love to have him this year. Love to have him for five years if if you could be guaranteed that he wouldn't get hurt or you know that he's not done. But you just you don't know those things. And and so at some point in time, you have to say. This amount of money is worth the gamble for the next five years, and I can live with it not working out. Or you say, nope, it's just it's just not. Roy, how about this potential contract? Three years, forty-five for Craig Kimbrell. Three years, so forty-five million, million a year for yes, three years. Yes, sir. I would uh, do that in a heartbeat. Because I I think that that at this point in time, because if, if you go back to March. His his reps were supposedly trying to get five five years, a hundred mil plus, and I said to myself, "There's no way. That's way too much." And, and if I'm the Twins, I wouldn't go n- near that. But supposedly right. now, there's reports that he would take something along the lines of three years between between forty and fifty. If I could go to him at three years and forty five, Roy, yes, it's an investment, but it that's an investment that with the Twins being where they are right now, I think I could definitely live with, be comfortable with, and if it works, you're going to look like a genius. Well, I, 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 that, that, changes, that, that changes things because it's, uh, going to three years and going to 50, I mean, they paid, you know, eight, what, it was a $10 million for Nelson Cruz at, at age 38, you yep. know, and uh, they paid um, $10 million, eight, $2 million one year, $8 million an extra, something like that for Pineda just on the off chance that this year he finally uh, – you know, be uh, you know worth you know eight or ten million, which I I think he's going to be by the end of the season. I'm very very encouraged with the way he's pitched. So Craig Kimbrell at at fifteen million. I mean, I think it's I think it's right in the ballpark, <laughs> as it were. And uh, the only question is the only question is how how soon. Uh, you know, you're you're saying so you pay him three years, but you, you're you're getting two and a half at best. Yeah. So. You know, it just depends on how soon he can be ready. So I, I have I have a hitter question for you here, just from the perspective of if you were to face uh, a guy like Ryan Harper, who has this ridiculous drop off a table curveball. The Twins have clearly, and, and Ryan Presley had a, a, a wicked curveball with. I guess they said, uh, according to pitch tracking information, Ryan Presley had one of the most, one of the highest spin rate breaking balls, I believe, in the league last year. So if you're a hitter. And the Twins are looking to get pitchers in who can throw devastating breaking balls and are basically telling them, from what we can gather, 
It doesn't matter if they know you're going to throw it. It's still really hard to hit. If a guy with a devastating, tumbling 12-6 to curveball or a high spin rate curveball is out there telling you he's going to throw it as a hitter, is it still really hard to hit? Uh, it It is in this way. With Ryan Harper's, It's uh, he has different speeds. So uh, he struck out a couple of guys last night, and, and one I, I saw that as I was watching one of the uh, one of the curveballs was at 74 miles an hour. The one then he struck a guy out at 60. Same yeah. guy, he got one at 74, and then he got one at 68. Yeah. So what happens is you see the ball out of his hand. If you see the ball well out of his hand, you recognize curveball, and even though it, it's uh, you, you recognize it and you, you may be somewhat on it, the the downward break is is problematic. I mean, it's hard. It's harder. It's hard to hit, but. Your mind and your body kind of get uh, prepared for a certain speed and a certain degree of uh, drop and, and, and where on the plate it does that. And if it's six miles an hour slower than what your body's prepared for, that, that really complicates things too. So uh, I'm, I've been impressed with his breaking ball because of, because of the combination of movement and change of speed. I think it's pretty good. I, I still think you have to you have to be able to throw enough fastball strikes or close to the plate to to keep hitters honest but yeah that's a that's a really nice breaking ball so Roy, th- 13 games in i think this assessment is fair and i i realize it's a long year but 13 games in i, I think we can de- uh, we can definitely say that the twins can hit they can definitely hit uh, that they've got an ace in Barrios, and that and this might be the best part the rest of this division is potentially either not very good to putrid. So all of those things, to me, go back to, to the fact that I thought this team might be good, but now I see this team, and not even 15 games in, what I see is the opportunity to pounce here, because there's going to be, I think, every chance to win this thing, and, and that's why I go back to the Kimbrel discussion and things like that, because you're now, you've now gone from a, well, you're trying to build something and it might take some time, to... It might take some time, but this division is going to present every opportunity, I think, to win it this year. I think so, too. I think the Twins potentially, uh, after 15 games, or you know, 13 or whatever it is, I, mean, I, I, I think that they're, uh, they could be the best team in the division um, uh, already. Uh, there's, there's such a long way to go, and we don't know yet. Um, here's what here's what I think we know. I think we know that Barrios is is going to win uh, north of 15 games. Uh, I think uh, that uh, Pineda is going to give them quality innings. I think Gibson ultimately will straighten himself out again and do that. Uh, I, I think the starting Perez, the combination of Perez and Odorizzi, I think you know will give them a chance. Uh, the bullpen is you know given those starters, the bullpen's a, a, an issue, but. Um, I think we know those things. We know that Rosario can hit. We know that Nelson Cruz is not done. And we know that there is home run power uh, elsewhere. What we don't know for sure, what's making us excited, I think, is the way Buxton's swinging the bat and Kepler's swinging the bat and Polanco's swinging the bat. And as long as what they're doing right now is close to what they're going to do for 162 games, I mean, then if that happens, then I think they're the best team in the division. It, if you know Buxton and um, uh, and Kepler uh, retrograde a little bit, um, then 
you know, then we're, we won't be as excited. But as of right now, I think we have good reason to be excited about them. Roy Smalley, is what Buxton is doing at the plate, is it, is it for real? Is it sustainable from what you can tell so far? So far, I've really liked it. I, I was worried um, uh, on a couple of, in a couple of games when he struck out two or three times, and and he was uh, he was not seeing you know the the slider going away from him again, um, and and swinging early and missing by a lot. But for the most part, um, he looks to me like he's seeing that better, and um, and. The big end of the bat is is going to the ball pretty efficiently. When he squares it up, the ball jumps, and he's he's hit some balls that uh, for outs that have been line drives. He's hit some balls to right field and right center and center field. So uh, I, I think it's not by design that he's using the whole field. I but uh, I mean he's not going up there trying to hit the ball the other way or anything like that. But the approach has resulted in using the whole field, and that tells me that. He's seeing the ball well, and whatever his approach is in his mind is pretty good. I, so I'm really encouraged so far. I, I, I really am. Now, you know, it's, it, it, he still hasn't had nearly enough big league at-bats to know for sure. Even he doesn't know yet. You know, at, at the end of this season, he'll start to be getting close to saying, okay, I got it. I, I, know, I, I know what I have to do here. But I, but I will say that I, I'm, I'm – vastly encouraged by uh, the abats that he's had both uh, you know hits and outs right if you could sit byron down and, and have a a big league player to big league player discussion with him about crashing into fences what would you tell him <laughs> because that's that's now twice in two days and i mean listen the catches are fun to watch and, and they're they're great but this guy's value now especially now is going to be to be on the field. So if you if you had the ability to say, I get it, dude, you are great at this, what would you tell him though? I, I don't think you can tell him anything. I don't think you can tell a guy like that uh to uh to tone it down because what does that even mean? Does that mean I mean he knows now that it's uh two strides and a leap and a crash, right? Yes. So does he does he stop after one stride? And leap, and I mean, there's going to be balls dropping on inside the ballpark uh, on the other side of him that will drive him crazy. Uh, I mean, he doesn't even know. He, a, he doesn't know how to play that way. And B, if he tried to do it differently, he wouldn't catch balls that you, you'd look at him and say, well, why did he pull up on that one? Yeah. I mean, didn't, didn't he know that he had two more feet before the wall? I mean, you just, it, it, it's impossible. It's happening too fast. Um, he, he's got way too much uh, pride and ability in what he's doing. I just don't see how there's any way that you can tell him, uh, hey, look, don't dive after a ball or don't crash in, in, into so many fences um, you know, unless you're sure you're not going to get hurt. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you do that. Yeah, well, so here's what I've sort of come to terms with, and it's, I guess I disagree with Judd on this now that I think more about it. Because your first reaction, Roy, is, dude, don't, stop crashing into fences, don't get hurt. But most of his value is still on the defensive side of the diamond, save for a two-week hot stretch to start the season. If it were Adam Dunn and the only value you brought is hitting 45 home runs, don't ruin your season by crashing into a wall, Adam Dunn. Just stay healthy and hit 40 home runs. But if Byron Buxton stops running full speed to the warning track and some of those fly balls drop in on the warning track or off the wall... 
he loses all of his value. If he's not catching some of those fly balls, he's no longer the best defensive center fielder. He's not proven as an offensive player, and so what value does he have is sort of the question I would I would turn to. Yeah, I think that, I think he would still have quite a bit of value. It, ju- it would just be it would be uh, less, I suppose, from the you know making those spectacular crashing catches. But my point is, it, you know, if if he just if he didn't do that so much and, and caught everything else, then his it, it might be it might be good. It might be it might be a better trade off. But my point is, I don't see how you tell a guy to back off because his his values will cut will be cut in half because he doesn't know how to back off and there'll be balls drop uh, or or diving catches he doesn't make or, or that that as I said he and ever and all the rest of us are going to say well I I don't know why I stopped there I could have caught that ball I wouldn't have I wouldn't have run into the fence. You know where I know before I, I take a quick peek at the wall, and I know I've got two and a half strides or whatever. Now I've got one and a half. Let's see, one and oops, now the ball's down. I mean, I don't know how you. It, it things happen too fast. You just have to go get it. You, if that's the way you play, that's the way you play, and we're just going to have to all hold our breath <laughs> and, um, and and hope that. Uh, nothing happens that keeps him out of the lineup for a long time. Can we bring back the FSN on-field instructionals and have you and Lodge just run full speed into fences after the game? <laughs> right, yeah, that's, I think that's what we should get, do. Let get Coom uh, back, let's get Coom back. Are you trying to kill him? <laughs> <laughs> just right into, the, right into the limestone. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> All right. Roy, thank you. Great stuff. See you, Roy. All right. See you. All right, Roy Smalley from Fox Sports North. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. And let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for just a moment here before we come back. In fact, I have a question for Judd about the fact that guys like Kimberl and Keichel are even still on the market when your season's going on. Like, What's what's the cross-board equivalent to those guys being on the market? We can talk about that. And Judd has a mock Viking schedule 24 hours before the schedule is released that we can get into. But Luther Brookdale Toyota is a place that's helped my family and I for 30-plus years I've been going there since I was 16. I turned 16 in 2001, so I haven't been driving for all 30 of those years. But I remember as a kid, my mom took a 1985 Celica in for maintenance, and that was the first car I ever remember sitting in as a little kid. I slammed my thumb in the car door one time and uh, broke it. That was a problem. but And they couldn't really help me for that because like, I was an idiot kid and broke my thumb. But they help with things like... Basic things like oil changes all the way up to major service issues that uh, may have uh, been creeping up and have been uh, on your mind for a long time. It's the peace of mind that you get from Luther Brookdale Toyota is uh, the number one asset for me. And I highly recommend you get the same experience I've been getting for a long time. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami, but without Rami today... Uh, he has caught the death-like flu symptoms that knocked me off the final segment of Friday's show. 24 hours. You had it like two weeks before that where you just go home and you curl up in the fetal position. Yeah, and you like, for a day, and I was fine then. Yeah. And your heart's like pounding out of your chest and you're, you can't feel your limbs and you're... No, you might be sick. Okay. Like, you might be really sick. You probably should have gone to a hospital if that was the case. And there's a huge growth coming out of your neck? No, that's... No, that's not one either. Uh, but we wish Rami uh, well, and hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. So we've been talking about, we asked Roy Smalley about Craig Kimbrell and a caller asked about Dallas Keuchel and what's the, like, what's the NFL equivalent of the best closer in baseball for the last eight years, just sitting out there because teams either won't pay for that player or that player 
has contract demand requests that are because this 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 doesn't happen in other sports. Like a, you're saying on the open market, right? Yeah, like a guy's so a it's free not a agent. Hold, it's not a holdout. It's no uh, injury. It's uh, you're just out there sitting there. I'm sure I'm missing one, but I can't. Yeah, it's not like Aaron Donald not reporting to training yeah, right. camp or something. Right, right, right. But I'm I don't I'm saying I don't think there there are many. There's not many cross sport examples of this ever happening. But who would be the football player that's sitting out there right now? Would it be like if I guess it would be like if Le'Veon Bell were a free agent and this happened, right? And 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 he sat out, but, but be, it was he sat out under contract yeah, with the Steelers. But because of the cap in in the rest of those leagues, those teams move to pay those players ASAP, and so they're just gone. Because mm-hmm. if you have a guy in basketball, hockey, or football who just sits there on the open market and the season starts, ordinarily that guy's just not that good, right? Yeah, but so we're talking or, about or old washed up. Yeah, right? so we're talking about an all-star closer here and, and a starter in Keiko who's still pretty good that are just sitting there, which is bizarre. Which is why I think ultimately, as, as we talked about on the twin show today with Glenn Perkins, we are headed for some type of work stoppage eventually here. This is just all too weird. Yeah. The contracts that young players are sort of, they're not being forced to sign, but they're certainly taking what will be considered shortly team friendly deals. And now a second year of guys just floating out there and not being signed. I got to think that the union at some point in time is going to say, we got to push back some, somewhat. Yeah. And if you're, so I guess if you're one of these young players and maybe in previous years, your agent would have a strong voice in the conversation and say, Hey, I know that they're giving you $50 million guaranteed, but if you just play this out, you can get like 150. So just, let's just go year to year and see what happens. And now players are saying, well, wait a second. Okay, what I should probably just take the fifty million now because apparently I'm not guaranteed anything going forward. Is there a, on the Craig Kimball front though? Is there like we're so quick to sit here and nitpick the things that could go wrong with him or that are wrong with him? Like he's not a perfect player, and we're sitting here judging the gap between who he is and perfection, and using that gap as a justification for why he's not on a team or why he doesn't deserve what he thinks he deserves. And I just can't think of an example. I mean, in the NBA, teams are teams are sprinting to the booth to overpay guys who are flawed, right? Mm-hmm. In the NFL, like there's Riley Reef is a flawed left tackle, and like Riley Reef is not one of the five or six at any point in his career best left tackles in the NFL. And the Vikings knew that when they signed him, and they still said, whatever, we need a left tackle, we're going to give you a bunch of money. And, you're and an no one had a problem with which, that. Which is exactly what I'm saying about the Twins' bullpen right now. Yeah, Kimbrell might not be a perfect pitcher, but he is a clear upgrade. Unless there is something in the medical history that we don't know right now, he is an upgrade. It's the same thing. But this just doesn't, and, and in baseball it certainly didn't, this doesn't happen until the last two years, right? You might have had a guy. You might have had one guy occasionally fall through the cracks. Yeah. But you're now getting competent players who can't find work. Yeah. You know, I th- I think I get so annoyed by the pole ads are cheap narrative because I just I just want to dig beyond that. I just want to go because that's such an easy cop out. Well, the Twins haven't signed Kimbrell because the pole ads are cheap. Well, again, there's a report out there from a month ago that the Twins were the leader in the clubhouse with an offer that was three years, forty five million. And I want to dig to the why, which is what you're getting at. Why is a guy who's been this good not on a team? And, okay, yeah, he's asking for a lot of money, but why aren't teams 
Why aren't teams just saying, whatever, we'll overpay for him like they do in other sports and like they do with some other players and position players? Mm -hmm. And the only thing I can think of beyond he wants to pitch in the ninth and smart progressive teams want him to pitch in the seventh and the eighth sometimes is teams are so far advanced with biomechanics and medical information now compared to before. Is there a chance they're looking at Craig Kimbrell and his declining command the fact that he's been healthy all this long as a flamethrower until age 30 and that teams have like projection information behind the scenes. I mean, we'd be lying if we said that teams aren't doing stuff like this, right? Teams can project everything, and they do studies on everything. Is it possible that the smart progressive front offices have a red flag on Craig Kimbrell that says there's an 80% chance this dude's arm falls off in 2019 and we're not going to be the one that signs up for a $60 million contract? The answer is probably yes, but there still has to be a fair price point, right? But if you knew, if you knew as a front office, this is a ticking time bomb situation based on everything we're able to track right now. Yeah. And there's an 80% chance his arm falls off and he needs Tommy John surgery. How much can I get? Like how, what's my projection as, as far as performance that I can get before he blows up? I mean, because there's got to be a price point at which I'm like, I'm, I'll, I'll I'll take the gamble because at this point it becomes worth it. Well, I, so I'll, here just to clarify, I'm saying there's an 80 percent chance he needs Tommy John surgery before the end of the season, so you don't get him for. There's an 80 percent chance you don't get him for the stretch run in the playoffs. And if you signed him for a three year deal, I guess yeah, you get him on the, the, the last be, the last year of the yeah. contract. I, maybe it's still, but that could be said of a lot of players. Like that's, I see where. Where you're going, I think it's also the, the combination of really smart teams, of which there are some, but I also sense that there are some teams that basically are serving as poser teams, and they're looking at the really smart teams being like, well, if they won't do it, we shouldn't do it. Like, baseball's changed so much, and baseball, baseball, the one thing, I, I think the off-the-field element about baseball now is more intriguing than the game itself at times, because the philosophies have changed, and I'm not convinced everybody is Einstein. I think there are some very smart teams, but I think there's a lot of teams being basically saying this. Well, the Astros purposely lost and were terrible, so that's what we're going to do. But yeah. they have no clue how to do it, right? So they have no clue what they're doing. They're copying. They're copying a formula that they saw from the outside. Yeah. Well, there's a my 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 next question was going to be why wouldn't the Red Sox have Craig Kimbrell? Right? Like the Red Sox would seem to know a lot about Craig Kimbrell and. Well, that's a fairly easy answer. According to Spotrack.com, the Red Sox are $38 million above the luxury tax. So their luxury tax bill is $14 million. So every basically you know, every every dollar they spend going forward yeah. this season, they're getting taxed on. So I'm sure that like the Cubs are on that list. The Cubs are a luxury tax team. The Astros are a luxury tax team. Dodgers have to be, right? The Dodgers are slightly below the luxury really? tax. Craig Kimbrell would put them well above... The Dodgers are $8 million below the luxury tax, and the Nationals are $9 million below. So those teams okay. would sign Kimberly and go over the luxury tax, so they'd be paying a lot more. 651-646-8255. Ted, what's going on, Ted? Hey, how are you guys? Good, Good. man. Uh, without getting too long-winded, I guess two points, one being on Kimberl and one being on the Twins relating to Kimberl. So my thought on Kimberl, and I think I saw this on Twitter, maybe even a response to you, I guess I hadn't considered it, and I'm not a fan of the salary cap in baseball or anything like that, but maybe why teams balk at guys like this now 
is because of the way inflation works and there is no salary cap. So hypothetically, they can ask for any amount of money that they want or feel that they're worth as opposed to another sport where it has to fit under some set arbitrary number. I mean, I'm all aboard of signing Kimbrel at, you know, 345 or 360, but it comes down to where a team values him, right? Um, But then on on the Twins front, too, yes, absolutely, he's an upgrade over really their entire bullpen. And if you, you know, want to go back and say, well, why sign Kimbrel because he's hurt or not as good as he's worth or whatever, I think the conversation goes back to you did – a good job signing Blake Parker this winter, but he couldn't be the only guy. And now you're at a point where free agency is over and the only guy left is Craig Kimbrell. So unless there's, you know, a trade partner out there that you have an option, it can't be nitpicking Craig Kimbrell without having something else. Because right now we're seeing, you know, Adalberto Mejia or Andrew Vasquez or whatever number of those guys, they aren't the answer. But the thing is, so Ted, good points. The, the thing is, if the Twins did make a three-year, $45 million offer to Craig Kimbrell, and that's the highest offer out there, and he hasn't accepted anyone else's offers, I don't know what else they're supposed to do. Like, hey, the, mar- the if, if that report was true from a few weeks ago, the Twins were the highest bidder, and it was three years, $45 million, and mm-hmm. Craig Kimbrell still says no to the highest bidding team in baseball. Right. And it's a, like, they're not shortchanging him on a three-year 45. That's a ridiculously huge contract for a relief pitcher. Mm-hmm. It's not the biggest contract ever, but it's $15 million a year for a relief pitcher is aggressive. Right. I'm not going to sit here and hammer them for being cheap. No, but things... Like they've that, done what they can. No, but but things on two fronts have changed now, right? One is he's still not employed. He needs work. Two is if you're the twins, I think at some point soon here, you have to sort of adjust your th- thinking of we thought we were going to be here but we're really here. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm not even criticizing what might have taken place a month or two back. It's just that things have changed now. And when you look at Cleveland, and certainly you look at Detroit and Kansas City and, and the White Sox, who I think are going to be good eventually, but not quite yet, I think you're looking at a dynamic where things have shifted greatly. And so I guess my question to the Twins is, are you willing to shift with that? Yeah, and we will find out. Not today, but you never <laughs> well, know. We'll see. We might find we'll out. See. Might go to the ballpark. Find out. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North. Rami is under the weather here for the uh, the afternoon. We told him to go rest up. Judd has mocked the Vikings schedule. Is it laminated? Uh, not yet, but I think it's pretty accurate. Let's okay, just say that. All right, we're gonna do a mock schedule unveil when we come back here. Let's talk about TCL TVs. You know, we spend the entire show here in the TCL studios, and we are surrounded by TCL TVs, not only in this studio, but just around the hallways here inside the Hubbard building. TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand and a huge TV brand worldwide. The new lineup of award-winning TCL TVs includes superior 4K picture quality, Dolby Vision, and that includes greater contrast, brighter, more accurate colors, lifelike images from the brightest of brights to the darkest of darks. And TCL's Roku TVs have endless entertainment. That Roku device built into the TV, so no extra cords, no extra hassle. It's the most streaming content of any TV on the market, and you can bring entertainment to any room in your house, again, cord-free with that Roku device built into the TV. It's the best way to watch all your favorite content, whether you stream it, pay for a cable or satellite subscription, or use built-in tuner uh, to enjoy over-the-air channels. It's all on an easy-to-toggle-back-and-forth menu, the TCL 
4K Roku TV, America's fastest growing TV brand.